and welcome to another edition, episode 90 fucking 2 of the Trouble Podcast. I'm Jenna. I am it. Zach. And we are here with part 3 and the final part of the Twilight Zone New Year special. The Twilight Hour for the Twilight Zone. Yes. And this week is Zach's pick, which I believe was the 16 millimeter shrine and the howling man. That's right. And boy, uh, we'll get into that. But before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching or playing? Andy? Uh, I've been watching more Star Wars Clone Wars. Uh, it's, it, like I said, it grew the beard. I'm enjoying it, but I took a short break from it. It's good, but it's not six seasons in a row watching it. Um, I told myself I wasn't going to. I was going to wait until the rest of it came out, but I watched the first half of the final season of BoJack Horseman. I can hate when they split seasons up like that, but um, it was great, and it's. I'm terrified on the 31st, the last episode's going to come out, because it sets it up to where you, you see what's coming, and it's it's uh, it's no good for BoJack, but I really like that show. I watched all of Primal, uh, the Gindy Tadakalski, um Adult Swim show, the dialogueless six-episode show about a caveman and his dinosaur buddy. It's a masterpiece. It is extremely good. It's so gory and brutal and bloody, but it's also got like, I hate to sound like stupid and cliche, but it's got heart. It's got heart to it. Um, you know, it's it's he's dri- he's driven initially by revenge, and then eventually it's just like, well, I guess we're buddies now, dinosaur friend, and they they hang out, and they they fight, they fight a. Ape men and mammoths and other dinosaurs and, and pterodactyls and it's it's a good old time. Primal is fantastic. It's just it's six short episodes. Watch it. Uh, saw nineteen seventeen. If you want to know what I thought about that, go listen to Big Trouble Plus. And I watched uh, the new David Lynch short movie, which was released on his birthday as a surprise, I guess, to the world on Netflix. What did Jack do? Uh, it's hysterical. David Lynch plays a detective, and he is interrogating a monkey who might have committed murder. <laughs> oh, and I played uh, I played a bunch of retro games. Nothing nothing worth talking about at length. But I I watched a ton of uh, my life in gaming, game stack and stuff like that. I'm, I've got the gaming itch back in me, old in my skin. Nice, Zach. What about you? Uh, been watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched uh, Power today, and then. I watched Royal Rumble 92 yesterday instead of Raw, and I think I made the right decision. Yes, you did. <laughs> Judging from what I hear. Um, watched these Twilight Zone episodes we're going to talk about. And yeah, I watched 1917 as well. Mm-hmm. Pl- plus plug right there. There you go. Big Trouble Little Podcast Plus. 1917 review. Uh, played. Uh, I've been playing Persona 4. I'm committed to beat that game this year. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil, I started that too because I got kind of frustrated because I died in the dungeon somewhere and didn't save, and it set me back two whole hours. That sucks. (laughs) I mean, you might beat it until uh, the next game that comes out eventually. Um, No, like I'm not (laughs) because Warcraft 3 uh, Reforged is going to come out like next week. Uh, but, (laughs) but, uh, I've also been playing Brutal Wolfenstein. 
uh, it's like the Brutal Doom mod, but they did it to Wolfenstein, and it's a lot of fun, and it's very different. It's a lot tougher than default Wolfenstein is. Um, you can flip Nazis off and kick them, and they explode. Finally. Yes. That's the, then, ga- that's the gaming we need. <laughs> honestly, like, when I'm playing Brutal Wolfenstein, it makes me think of Inglorious Bastards or, like, the parts in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where Jake Cahill's murdering them with flamethrowers. <laughs> it just makes me think of shit like that, and I really like it. <laughs> um, and Batman Returns on NES. Oh. Because I just... Uh, one... Like, Sunday night, I was getting ready. I had some free time before I went to bed, but not enough to keep playing, like, a big, longer, more modern game. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I need to throw something in for NES and try to beat it real quick or something. And that was it. <laughs> I suck at old games. I, I think I'm... Or either that or I just am a bad gamer. I don't know what you, it is. You don't have to play them to win. you got to play them to have fun. That's the goal. People are always like, that game's too hard. I don't want to play Mega Man. I can't beat Mega Man. Don't beat Mega Man. Just play it and have fun, you tool. Like, when you say old games, like, give an example of an old game. Just any retro game, like with SNES. What's retro? How old is is Xbox 360 retro? Is PS2 retro? No. Is Sega CD retro? Is the Atari retro? Yes. So you're saying games from PS before PS1 era, pretty much? Yes, pretty much, yeah. Oh, really? You have trouble with 16-bit games? I don't know you're, if it, I don't know if it's... Your skill is low, brother. Don't retro-shame him. That's not going to get him to play game. I'm, I'm retro-shaming him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if you're saying, oh, I have a problem playing NES shit, like, honestly, there is a built-in excuse for that, in my opinion. A lot of that stuff was made, like... Like, a lot of these developers are used to making, like, arcade games, and then... So all they know how to do is make games that suck quarters and are super fucking hard and cheap. Right. Mm. So that translates to any, most NES games. And I think modern gaming, like, if you're not playing a game like Dark Souls or something Souls-like, you're not really tested on a skill level at all. And there's, hard, there's hard levels in, in just about any big release now. Yeah, but their hard mode is, like, for example, I'll use Call of Duty. Like, the, their hard mode was pretty much, instead of throwing one grenade, they threw, like, ten grenades at you. Well, see, now, you're looking for depth in a Call of Duty game. That's the wrong place to look. That is the wrong place to look. I guess. Whatever. There's different different games, different genres have different levels of difficulty. Like but FPS I, is not one of them. I think about something like Bayonetta 2. Like put Bayonetta 2 on hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or even like Pikmin, a Pikmin game. Play Pikmin 3 on hard. Fuck that game on hard, by the way. Play go play Fire Emblem 3 Houses on uh hardcore. Yeah. Where, where, like, all your characters can die and die permanently if they fall into combat. Yeah, I think I think there's there's uh, there's complexity if you know where to look, but it's not it's not in Call of Duty necessarily. And I'm not I'm not talking down to people who play Call of Duty on extreme modes. I, I can't. I uh, I picked up Call of Duty World of War recently and was playing on just normal. And for and for a while, I was like, this is a little harder than I wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to walk through this game. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe I'm just a bad gamer. Who knows? But I do. Maybe have, we're just a bitch. Yeah, maybe. 
now I'm the one who's shaming. No, play whatever you have fun playing. That's that's all that matters. If, if you don't have fun playing Super Nintendo games, don't play Super Nintendo games, I guess. But you're missing out. Agree. I do like Super Nintendo games, but... Well, they're retro! I just, I, I just suck at it. <laughs> that was my main thing. Well, right, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine, that's mm-hmm. fine. All right, well, what I've watched, I don't think I played any video games because I was at my parents' house. Uh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> uh, me and my dad uh, started and finished, watched the uh, Netflix series called Messiah. I don't know if I explained it last uh, episode, but Messiah is about a Arab Jesus-like figure who had has people following him like he's a messiah and it's about muhammad and the what and to keep going and the is this about islam <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh and then like cia agent and like fbi are like following him be like is he a cult leader or is he the actual real deal and it's interesting um is he the real deal spoil it for us uh, you, you don't really know. <laughs> oh, really? You still don't know? Okay. Yeah. Um, then I decided to rent Ad Astra, the uh, Brad Pitt space movie. I really wanted to see that movie, but I totally missed it. Brad Pitt space movie? Yeah. yeah Brad Pitt. <laughs> hey, he's looking for Tommy Lee Jones, I think. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, like the, the, the rough title for it when they're still writing the script. <laughs> Untitled Brad Pitt face movie pilot. It was it was good. It has like a a good story to it. It it drags a little bit, and Brad Pitt kind of acts weird in it a little bit. <laughs> I I turned to my dad. Is like, is is this guy a robot? What the fuck is going on with him? I mean, no one ever accused him of being the best actor in the world, but he gets by. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got a range. Um, who directed that movie? Good question. Let me look it up. I just want to know. Some better. But I, I am typing it into IMDb. I'm typing it into the computer right now. <laughs> it's uh, James Gray. He directed other movies like <sighs> Lost City Z, and The Immigrant, and Two, uh, and two Lovers. Fine, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any of those movies besides Ad Astra. That's about it. Ad Astra must have been his uh, moment. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing I watched was the Aaron Hernandez documentary, which was like three episodes. Oh, the, the murder? Mm-hmm. Another murderer serial killer documentary. <laughs> Yeah, and well, are you a, are you a forty year old housewife? Is that why you love <laughs> true crime shit? <laughs> this, I turned it on because it was like the last day before I had to drive back, and I was like, "Oh, three episodes." I need something nice and relaxing. I need something to decompress. <laughs> I'll watch some true crime where someone got murdered. <laughs> Multiple people got murdered. Um, I don't know. It was weird because like. ESPN, they kind of talked a lot about it. And then this what? one... ESPN talked about this? No, like, the thing is, like, the three episodes, they focused on him getting head concussions and him being gay. That's why he killed people. Oh, Aaron Hernandez was a sports guy? 
Yeah, he was a uh, a New England Patriot tight end. Oh, shows what I know about sports ball. Yeah, I mean, there's for the last few years, there's been a big conversation about concussions and the safety of the players' health and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell me that, man. I know Chris Benoit. That's all yeah, I gotta say. It's same same principle, but in football. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're pretty much putting it on. Like his family upbringing is like, if you're gay, get out of our family. And he was like banging dudes, and apparently that played along with him killing people. I don't know. It was weird how it was put together. That huh. makes less sense than the concussion thing to me. But I haven't seen it, so... Mm-hmm. I guess he developed a complex about his family and being gay. Well, he yeah. he kind of... <laughs> they they uh, had recorded, like, phone calls, because when he was in jail, your phone calls get recorded. And he was, like, yelling at his mom. He was, like, calling her a bitch and everything. And I was like, oh... I mean, I guess I don't blame him, because they just didn't accept him for who he was. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. It sounds like everybody was shitty. I guess. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't recommend it. I mean, if you want to know what happened with Aaron Hernandez, just, you know, go on ESPN.com and type it in. You'll find it's, no, it's no Sam I Am or uh, um, the, the Jonesboro guy or whatever. No, it's no, like, BTK or... Uh, any other serial Jeffrey Dahmer, nothing like that. You guys flexing your true crime. The, the Bloods and the Crips. <laughs> it's, not, it's none of that shit. Yeah, I'll cop to it. I like Mind Hunter. <laughs> Which, by the way, got canceled for some strange reason. Ah, Fuck arbitrary you. cancellation. Fuck you, Netflix. They're too busy making everything else ever and and half-assing it. Oh, they. they Except Bojack yeah. Horseman. Go watch that. Hmm. That's all I watch. Uh, so I guess we'll get into some Twilight Zone. Zach, it's your episode, so I'm gonna let you do the intro and and talk about it. Okay, so I picked uh, 16 millimeter Shrine, which is a season one episode. I think it was episode four, mm-hmm. and then it was Howling Man, which was season two, episode five. Yes, four? five. Oh, it was five. Okay. Um, I picked these based on the fact that they were some of the earliest episodes I watched that really grabbed my attention for like the show in general mm-hmm. that stuck out to me. Um, the, the thing, man to this day is one of my favorite episodes. Same here. It's like, it's one of the ones that like I always think about immediately when I think of twilight zone, it's that one. Um, but 16 millimeter shrine was like weird to me. Like it it is just one of those weirder low key ones. Uh, but it also stuck out to me because, uh, I don't know. I thought the actress who played the, the actress, uh, Barbara Jean Trenton was the character's name. Did a really good job in it of just being like super dramatic. Ida something. I can't remember her last name, but it's Ida something. She is the only, uh, she, no, she's the only actress or actor that both acted in one episode of Twilight Zone and directed another, and she's the only woman to direct an episode of the Twilight Zone. And the episode she directed was, um, is it The Masks, The Faces, something like that. It's an episode that we did last year. Yeah. Did you guys like that one? Yes. yes. That one is excellent. Very iconic. Yeah, I looked her up after I watched this one again just to like see if I could learn more about her. And she seems like she had quite a career anyway. 
she was in a lot of like noirs and stuff and i really dig that yeah it's kind of plays into this episode a little bit yeah i thought the acting was pretty well um the story didn't really capture me that well i don't know what it was but that I know I jump, I'm jumping around, but like the ending, I I would like to think because she's getting older, like she committed suicide in a sense, and it just wasn't captured, and it showed her. But, but where, where's her body? What did what did he see when he turned on the the camera? What did the maid see? Why and, did he? And, why, and if, if she killed herself, why is this a Twilight Zone episode? There's nothing Twilight Zone. Yeah, why did they experience all of the weird stuff then? I don't know. I mean, why did the maid scream in horror when she went in there? I... She saw her on the screen. Yeah, she was up on the screen. She wasn't in the room. But she she's an actor. Wouldn't you think that would like? Wouldn't you think that would be like one of like her films? Her, like washed up her was on the screen. Yeah, like yeah the the current current year version of her. Oh okay. The outdated model. Maybe Dubs forgot to take his brain medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of on his side though because uh, I mean I say it every episode but I used to be like oh every every Twilight Zone episode is either about death or a near death experience yeah and this one is like really easy to put to put right into that Mm. oh she dies at the end duh like it's funny because like I didn't really think about this at the time when I picked this one but we also had another episode where somebody is suffering from like delusions and then they just seemingly disappear and it also involves the business yeah mm-hmm. and then this this one was kind of a similar plot so like if you say i can't really get into it because of that i could buy that this, uh i i got into it this episode's fine but i was distracted the whole time because it is so similar to sunset boulevard like frustratingly similar yeah it has connections to it like i when i i didn't know that i just like this episode mm-hmm but um, basically it's like some older washed up actress is like stuck in her past. She can't get away from her past and she keeps watching movies of when she was younger mm-hmm. and is like, I wish Hollywood was still like how it was in the thirties, the, the golden age, blah, blah, blah. You know, back both, when movies had heart. Yeah. That it happens in this episode. It happens in sunset Boulevard. They both also have a thing where they go to like, try to be in another movie and they get offered a part that they do not care for like it, it's so similar you're the mother it's like how old it's 40s yeah she's like what as old as you are you dumb idiot yeah. Yeah. i like when they go to the production company and the guy's like well you're fucking old <laughs> like he he gets insulted by her and then he just like fucking snaps yeah that, that was great <laughs> Like you, I kind of feel sorry for, her, but at the same time, yeah. what a bitch! I, I don't know. I flip flop. Mm-hmm. It's complex. Um, but basically, like that goes really, really bad, and she kind of re- retreats further into her like whole. I, I I wish things were the way they were. So they get like one of her old co stars to like show up. Her agent does <laughs> pay a visit. Say. Yeah, and he's like way older now and that doesn't that doesn't help either <laughs> he's like is that you she's like is that you he's like well, barbara that was 25 years ago when we did that movie it's like you own a so what do you do now she's like i own a 
a chain of grocery stores. Supermarkets outside Chicago. She has like this thousand yard stare, like mm-hmm. supermarkets. <laughs> it's like it's like when we go like, oh, don't you guys miss the nineties? It's like she's doing that to you know the thirties, and she's an actress, and she still thinks. I- that- yeah, like I, I have a part of the re- other reasons why I like this episode is because I have like kind of a, a soft spot for like old Hollywood kind kind of. Oh yeah, me too for sure. It's like super interesting to learn about stuff like that. I think. Mm. And um, the yeah, other thing, the movie Singing in the Rain. Huh? Have you ever seen the movie Singing in the Rain? Not all the way through. Okay, well it it also deals like it, it would be good as would Sunset Boulevard. Well, I'll I'll see them sometime. But uh, the other thing that this reminds me a lot of is uh, is Joan Crawford, like her her actual story. Do you guys know who Joan Crawford is? Yeah. Yes. Dubs. Okay. Yeah. Well, like she was. Yeah, she was like a. Uh, she came up in like the silent film period. Was like a big star then, and was still kind of a big star in the '30s, and then she kind of washed up. Mm-hmm. And she's infamous for being like kind of off kilter at, later in her life. I think uh, I think this character and the character in Sunset Boulevard were at least inspired by um, the real life actress uh, Greta Greta Garbo. I'm probably saying it wrong. I only ever see it written Greta Garbo, but she like she she was Howard Hawks before Howard Hawks was Howard Hawks. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. she got famous and then like famously like withdrew from. Uh, society yeah and, and was like uh, uh, i think since show business was a thing it's been fucking people up uh-huh yeah like, I, I don't want to put it that bluntly but it just does like childhood actors grow up to be fuck-ups some um, people just it fucks them up and actresses just can't take it yeah uh like joe crawford was the prime example for me though it's like the story is very eerily similar Am, uh, am I thinking the right Joan Crawford, Mildred Pierce? She did Mildred Pierce. Uh, I think she did. Let's ask you. I'm not like super familiar with her work. It's just I read about her one time and thought it was a really interesting story. Then I learned about the Faye Dunaway movie, mm-hmm. and the whole thing that even prompted yeah, that me to read about her was uh, the, the Blue Oyster Cult song, Joan Crawford. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Which is about Joe Crawford rising from her grave to to further terrorize her daughter that that she uh, abused. <laughs> Fucked. <laughs> like, and by the way, uh, Joan Crawford was in the Rod Serling nineteen sixty nine TV series called Night Gallery. Huh. Yeah, it was like one of the last things she did. Mm-hmm. Well, the last thing she did was a TV series called The Sixth Sense. Not the movie. Yeah, but like, kind of got off in the weeds there, but in the end, she basically seems to want to just go back so badly that she manages to get into her one of her films, or, or a dimension like it or something. Mm-hmm. And she throws her, like her agent comes in after like her housekeeper is like, oh my god, she's gone! And then he he get, he goes in and sees her on the screen and she throws her. He's like, "Come back, Barbie, come back!" And she throws her little handkerchief. And she she goes away with all the co-stars and everybody she used to be in the movies with. They go out back to a party or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's there with like the young versions of all the the 
the supporting actors she had been with or whatever. Yep. He walks back out in the foyer, finds her handkerchief. And then Rod Sterling comes out and gives us a nice little bookend. Mm-hmm. So dreams, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, or to wishes, excuse me. It didn't really capture me. And I, I think because she was so much of a bitch, it just like turned me off a lot. But that's I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I, could, I could buy it. I, said, I guess that's good, you know, heel work for wrestling terms. <laughs> I still, I saw her as sympathetic though. Like, like yeah. I said, I flip flopped. It's like I feel sorry for her. Oh, she's, she's uh, rejecting help. Oh, I feel sorry for her again. Oh, what a bitch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this other episode that you picked, I really liked. Yes, Howling Man. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this this is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, this this guy is apparently walking cross country through Europe, traveling a walking tour of Europe after the Great War. Yes. And he gets caught up in a bad storm and he wanders to like a some kind of weird cathedral or something. A monastery. Yeah. Knocks on the door and he's like, can I get some shelter? And the guy says, no, go away. <laughs> he's like, please, I'm lost. It's a storm. And he's like, fine, get in here. <laughs> Brings him in and there's like howling <laughs> in the building. <laughs> and then Rod, Rod Serling brings us in. Mm-hmm. And that's the plot. Pretty much goes from there. The guy, of course, is wondering where the howling's coming from and why these guys are so adamant that he leaves, even though there's like a bad storm. Get out now. Yep. The, the what was his name? Joan, whatever the the head guy. What's his name? Uh, uh oh hell! I, I was just looking this up a minute ago. Hang on. But he, but he looks like, you know, Father... Jerome. Father Jerome. Jerome. This ate at me. Is Jerome just a dude that is like, I have to keep this devil away? Or was he... Yes. Or was or was he playing some type of, like, Jesus or God thing? Or God? Oh, no. I think, I think that they, like, realized what they had done. They captured the devil. And... Like he says at some point that their order isn't necessarily religious in nature, but that they are guided by God. Or I can't remember what he says, but it's it's basically he's saying like, look, we aren't exactly like a sect. We aren't Jehovah's Witnesses or something, but we are still doing God's work. Yeah, he's like they're they're keepers of truth because truth is the greatest weapon against the devil's lies. Stuff like that, and then uh, he he goes on to actually explain a little bit before that that oh I used to be like you I I, I uh, got a degree from uh, the university and I was a philosopher and I traveled and my job took me far and wide so he was just a guy before this mm-hmm. did did you guys get because this I mean you already saw this before so you know what it is but this is my first time seeing this episode oh cool. And I, because I was thinking Twilight Zone, I was like, what is it going to be the twist? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> He's telling the truth! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought Jerome was going to be like the devil and he like captured God in some sense. <laughs> and That's crazy. Because <laughs> imagine, you know, you had this, <laughs> this guy be like, help me, man. I'm, I'm trapped in here. 
And then, you know, Drunk being like, this man is evil. He's the staff of truth. And then, you know, he doesn't let him out. And then he goes to hell because he helped out Jerome. That's where I thought it was going. No. And I want to say, I laughed really out loud when uh, the devil... No, when the devil... uh, says, hey, let me out, and he looks down, and he's like, this is the only thing fucking keeping you out? Yeah, I don't, I don't laugh. Even the first time I saw this episode, at that point, I was like, whoa, hang on a second. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> really? Hang on, though. I don't, I, something's wrong. <laughs> like, um, he should have asked a few more questions at that point. I mean, legitimately, though, when I, when it shows the shot of the staff, like, barring the door and he's like that's what's keeping you there and i was thinking like i don't think he could actually reach his little hands through the the bars there to to lift it it seemed to me like he might be able to um he, he has power apparently because when he lets him out he just does force choke to him and he falls down <laughs> i think it's like kind of the nature of a spell or something like having the staff there is because later uh, in his apartment or whatever it's just like a tiny little like like the size of a letter opener staff, yeah. but it's still keeping him inside that room. Like, so I think it's, it's, it's a symbol. It's like, uh, like, I feel like they wanted to use a cross or something. They, they like, did. Apparently they did. The guy that wrote this episode, it was actually based off of a short story. Oh, uh, they wanted to use crosses. And then oh, we see, there you go. The guys, you know, in the studio and everything were like, no, we can't do that. It's probably gonna piss somebody off. Right. The censors are like, oh, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. The uh, the transition from the man to the devil was funny. I will say it's awful. It's the only bad part about this episode because it looks so cheesy and awful. I mean, the, all those transitions are are awful anyway. Like with I know, the Wolfman and everything. It's a shame because everything else is done so well and actually so well. And I love the first shot where it's like the camera pulls back from the window and he and it's like a Dutch angle. And the yeah. camera turns into the shot to look right at the camera and start talking to you. I yeah. really like that. It's so creepy and it like sets the tone perfectly. And and then like the, the, the episode's really cool and it's a cool setting and it's interesting. And then the devil comes out and he just looks like he got his costume like down there at the, the Magic Makers, the, the Spirit of Halloween store. And like it's just one step away from having a barbed tail and a pitchfork. I mean, it was 1960. What the fuck was our I TV? What the fuck was Satan supposed to look like? <laughs> and he stole the, he stole his coat. What a prick! He turned his coat into a into a devil cloak, into a Dracula cloak. He improved it. I'd be like, hey, give that back. The devil stole my coat. In 1916, did they not have the telephone yet? I mean, probably yeah. not at some random ass monastery in the European. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, out there probably not. Okay, another option. Did they not have like Western Union that they could send a letter? I mean, then again, probably sending a letter to to Jerome would be annoying as well. What, what is it? What do you mean? What, where are we going with this? Well, the, who's the end where he like had <laughs> locked up in his closet and he had a little tiny little uh, staff that was blocking. For it from him getting out and he, then, he was saying like i have to make preparations i have to contact jerome so i can transfer him to his care yeah yeah i i hated um just tell her to leave don't tell her the story just be like uh housekeeper you can have a day off 
fuck off. Get out of here. I think yeah. he, I think he was doing that to be like, this is real. Um, even though it sounds like he's crazy, even yeah. how, how he's delivering it, uh, it sounds like a crazy story. And the way he delivers it makes it makes him sound like a madman. Mm-hmm. But then we don't have an episode. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I think what he was trying to do is like, hey, watch after the devil. <laughs> Go get this Jerome guy. Don't worry about the Third World War will start. Yeah. Vietnam will start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he start. She started Vietnam. That could have been worse. Yeah, some of the. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a world conflict, is what I'm saying. I'm just... No, I guess not. Some of the Dutch angles were good, but at times I was like, "God damn it!" There's so much Dutch angles in this fucking episode. Well, it's because crazy shit's going on. I love it. There's I, a bunch I, of crazy people. I love when the Twilight Zone gets fancy like that. I love when the directors are like, "No, we don't need to do simple two shots and." establishing shots. I'm not doing that shit. This is the Twilight Zone. I'll do what I fucking want. The other thing about this that was uh, interesting was I I think this was like one of the first episodes not directed by Rod Serling himself. Huh. Interesting. So so that might be why it was like so different. Good. I mean, I love Rod Serling to death, but yeah, that anthology series, that's one of their strengths. Get some other other eyeballs directed at some of the stuff. Um, But yeah, this was this was one of my favorites because of the the twist and like how these like oh they they link Satan to like you know all the wars and all the famine and all the, the pestilence and everything and it's like human these like what well, there's still murders and 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 thefts and everything it's like well that's that's the suffering man was meant to endure you know. Mm-hmm. Like well, that shit's never going to go away as long as humanity exists. Yeah, I mean the the devil's job isn't to do all the evil in the world; it's to tempt man to do evil things. Sometimes man can find temptation on his own. Yeah, or do more evil things. And then man was so curious on why a staff was blocking the doorway of this devil man, and he let the devil out. I got I got to say the actor that played Satan was was very sympathetic. And you wanted to believe him very much. <laughs> At least I thought so. Yeah. He's, he seemed very earnest and, and pleading. Yes, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I suppose his mm-hmm. performance was acceptable. I guess so. Because, I, I mean, he does end up like Jerome at the end, where Jerome is sounding like a fucking crazy nut. He's like, the devil and the staff of the truth. And then... Boom! Devil comes out, fucks up everything. Yes. All right. Do we have any final sayings before we get into our ranking and final ranking? Uh, watch the Twilight Zone. It kicks ass. There, I did it. <laughs> it's amazing, everybody. You should fucking go watch Twilight Zone. All of it's, it. It's been around for decades. Fucking watch it already. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear anyone whining about it being black and white. That's make stupid. it black and blue, you bitch. I hate when people say it. it's black and white. It looks fuck like shit. You <laughs> you are shit. Comic book movies are shit. Fuck you. You're shit. <laughs> All right, Andy, how did you rank these Twilight Zone episodes? Um man, uh Changing the Guard has so much heart and I love it, but Howling Man is just like quintessential Twilight Zone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I went with Howling Man at number one, then Changing the Guard, 
then five characters in search of an exit, then to serve man, then 16 millimeter shrine, then a world of difference. In my, in my opinion, we all chose one super good one and one, eh, one. Mm -hmm. Me, I was almost the same as you, but a little different. I'm always a little different. He's uh, on five and six. Yeah. The Howling Man was fucking amazing. So good pick, Zach. Thank you. I was like, this is a good episode. The change in the guard, you know, got at the heartstrings, and I thought it was a really well structured uh, episode. Five characters, even though I've seen it before, it still has good dialogue for just being in one room the whole time. Uh, to serve man, it's a classic always, but seeing it for like the the millionth time, it just didn't have the pizzazz as the other ones. Uh, a world of difference. Uh, good, but not as great as the others. But I just, I don't, I don't know what it was. It's just a crazy guy <laughs> who wanted to get away from the world because shit was going down. He wants to get away. <laughs> and then I put this uh, 16 millimeter shrine because it just didn't hit off with me. Just like I said in this episode, it just wasn't for me. Zach, what about your ranking? <clears throat> I put Howling Man at one. Uh, Changing the guard to uh, it's like Andy said is that's that's a great episode, but Howling Man is just that is Twilight Zone encapsulated. Um, then five characters. That's a classic. Uh, a world of difference. I put above sixteen millimeter shrine. The one I picked because it's it's a similar kind of story a little bit, but I think the overall plot of it and the way it's presented has like more doubt about like what's going on overall. It's played a little closer to, to the vest. Okay. And then. Uh, 60 millimeter shrine. I like, I, I put it five. It's, I got a soft spot for that one because of nostalgia kind of, and old Hollywood stuff and whatnot. And surf man, I put it six. It's not bad. It's just my least favorite. Okay. So we have all three, all three of us have something a little different. Me and Andy are similar. Uh, as, uh, only when it comes to five and six, Zach, you're the only one that's kind of different. From... I mean, we're not debating one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. No. It's Howling Man, Changing the Guard, and five characters. But honestly, you could watch any of those episodes and be a winner. So if you haven't watched them, go watch those three at least. And after that, you'll want to watch the whole series. Okay. So I guess our debate here is to serve man versus a world of difference for Zach. So, Zach, I want you to debate on why a world of difference should make number four over those to serve man. Uh, because to serve man doesn't age as well as a world difference because when you know the twist, it kind of diffuses a lot of the plot. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like I, I kind of judge it in a vacuum, like if you were seeing it for the first time. And uh, I know the twist is like hammy and kind of played out, but I just like, I like um, how classic like 50s sci-fi feeling it is that Aliens have landed. They're going to the United Nations. And he's like standing there talking to them. And he's like a big, tall weirdo with a big braid. And I yeah. don't know. I like it. It's so like sci-fi, like like nerdy, gross magazine sci-fi. I love it. That 
see that's one aspect of like the the 50s of i guess pulp stuff that i don't really i never really cared for that much was the the aliens are coming and all that shit i i never really got into that kind of stuff oh i like that i love i love like forbidden planet and uh and uh oh man i can't remember the name uh brought to glada nikto and whatever all that stuff just from that era, like I really like Mars Attacks, but I feel like it's mostly just because it parodies that. Um, but uh, the other thing was is like I don't I don't know I felt like the, the a lot of the acting and stuff was a lot hammier than usual in that episode. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, it's not if they're trying to shoot for like what Andy's talking about, then that's fine. But I don't really know what their intention is, so. Maybe it's that. I feel like it probably is, but I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I, I could I could see to putting to serve man down a little bit, but I mean, I, I still wanted to talk about like I still kind of like 16 millimeter shrine better than a world of difference. Uh, a world of difference. It seems the everything that's going on to him just seems so like humdrum to me, and he's got just this bitch of a wife yelling at him, and it's just like. Oh, I'm confused the whole time. And I kind of like the fact that in 16 millimeter shrine, the main character is, you know, she's like delusional and she's, um, his, his end goal, he, he's motivated in a world of difference to like, Oh, I just got to get back. I got to get back there. But, uh, in 16 millimeter shrine, it's more ambiguous. It's like, she, she, longs for those old days but she kind of wants it to be like that again now she'd love to get an acting gig she wants to see her old friends and uh, i think a lot of it is it's just uh it reminds me this is both it's it's curse and it's blessing but it reminds me so much of sunset boulevard because i love that movie and maybe that's coloring my opinion of it a little bit but i, I don't know i like 16 millimeter and plus even the title 16 millimeter shrine like it's kind of I, I i i might be getting it wrong but it's like a camera aperture right is that what it's talking about Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, reminded me of an old gold dust promo. <laughs> it's 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 a I don't know. That's clever. I like the title, sixteen Can- millimeter shrine. It's like the aperture of the cameras, the the shrine to her her uh, glory days, and and that's where she goes then to worship or something else. So, are you guys thinking about putting sixteen millimeter shrine at number four? I'm changing uh, mine. I, 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 I like it, but. I'm changing mine after that little discussion. He convinced me. He, he, he convinced me of my own episode being better than the other one. <laughs> well, that's two to one. I mean, I, I can't really defend it. Mine was more of a personal than anything. So I guess we're going to make 16 millimeter shine at number four. Okay. that's I can live with that. All right. So what are we going to put at the number five spot? I guess we have... A world of difference to serve man. That's it. That's all we got. Yep. <laughs> so I guess, is world of difference better than to serve man? Uh, yeah, in a way. I, I don't know. It, the it's These are the two I think it is hardest to compare, honestly. Mm-hmm. Very different. Yeah, because I'm basically... I, I'm going off of nostalgia and cheesiness and... and when the twist first came out, it was great, but I'm starting to kind of agree with Zach where it had a better story, the, a world of difference over to serve man, and yeah, to serve man 
stands on two pillars, the twist and uh, the interestingness of, I can't remember the name of the aliens now. I can't remember either. I don't know, but, but the, the interestingness of, of them, of, of the Jaws guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I mean, a world of difference is like interesting throughout. Like in um, To Serve Man, when they're just like talking in their stupid office about how cryptologists aren't needed anymore. And, oh, I'm going to go to the planet too. Oh, I'll see you later. That part's boring as shit. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I guess a world of difference. I never got bored. But I feel like the peaks of To Serve Man were higher. So, I don't know. I, I could I could go with a world of difference at five, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. I, I agree with Zach's argument over To Serve Man. So number five, a world of difference, and then obviously to serve man at number six. Wow. Again, not bad. And we discussed it in the episode where we actually talked about to serve man, but it's kind of an example of when you know the twists of some of these episodes, they their impact is lessened. Yeah, or or completely deadened, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, they're all good. You can't miss. There's uh, one day we're gonna have to purposely look for bad episodes of Twilight Zone because there's not many. I've yet to see one that I thought was like I hated this. It's just sucked. I think there's a few that are bad, but like I don't hate them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. All right. So we did a little experiment, and we are gonna be doing recordings of this experiment from here on out. Oh shit. So we did a wheel spin off of the recording, and it had things like TV killed the movie star, uh, best uh, best books made into a movie. It had a lot of categories. The category that it landed on our wheel spin was an actor's birthday, and the only actor actress that we could find that we know of throughout this is Gina Davis. So we all picked Gina Davis movies. So I'll say I picked The Fly. Andy, what'd you pick? I picked A League of the Ring. And Zach? Thelma and Louise. Okay. And the movie that we were going to be seeing next week, or talking about next week, is The Fly, my pick. The, the remake, mind you. The one that actually has Gina Davis in it. Yes. <laughs> so remember to watch The Fly, and then come back here, and we'll discuss it. Don't, and- don't eat while you're watching The Fly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've got a strong maybe, stomach. Maybe eat before or after. Yeah, I've heard it's really disgusting. So. Well, it's a Cronenberg movie, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this will be the second Cronenberg movie we watched on Big Trouble. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So we got a couple of news to talk about. Delays, 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 delays. <laughs> There is so much fucking video game delays, it's crazy. They delayed everything I care about. Every, every game I'm getting this year has been delayed at some point, I realized. Because um, Doom was delayed from November to March. Uh, Animal Crossing was delayed from January to March. Mm-hmm. Um, Final Fantasy has been delayed multiple times, but most recently from March until whenever, April or May or something. It'll it's get, May. It'll get it's delayed May. again. Um, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 got delayed from like April to September or something. Uh, Iron Man VR got delayed from who knows till who knows. Uh, it's like everything I was interested in this year has been pushed or or recently or to where it's at now. 
and that's that's funny. Yeah, they, I think they recently uh, delayed Dead Island two or something like that for the thousandth time. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. Maybe someone can. <laughs> I've been hearing through the grapevine that the re- the re- the, <laughs> the reason the delays are happening is because of the rumors of the new uh, consoles that they're going to have backwards compatibility. So they want to be as close to. Uh, the release of the consoles, which would be in the holidays, so that that's why you're seeing a lot of like summer pushes a little bit. Why? Why does it matter? I I have no idea. I guess so that they could have their game on the new console, even though it's last gen. Game. I mean, it'll still be out. It, it's not going to not be out because it's been out for six months. I don't know. I mean, that's what people are saying. I'm not saying that game uh journalists and analysts are saying that i think those people are stupid i'm just gonna come out and say it (laughs) i mean it kind of makes sense if they want it but then if you want to have the best graphics why not just wait until you know the console comes out and like remaster it so it could be good graphics what why well the game would have to do well first yeah i don't know I don't know. Delays are okay. Uh, I think it's Shigeru Miyamoto who famously said a delayed game is eventually good, a rushed game is forever bad. And that's, I totally 100% get what he's saying. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you need to delay it and put in a little extra polish on it, fine. Go ahead and do it. But, you know, I, I'm still going to whine. A little. I'm still a gamer at heart. I'm still going to be like, oh, you delayed my favorite game. Oh, I'm upset. But whatever, it's fine. I'll play something else. I got 600 games I've never played. Mm-hmm. It's it's just weird seeing all the games be delayed. Like you'll be like, all right, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Okay. Yeah, I feel like uh, like like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I remember there was a time when like games would get delayed like three times, and it just it got to be like a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. Not that bad, at least. Zach, are you uh, waiting for any game that is delayed, and you're just like, goddamn delays? They didn't they didn't delay you guys as Resident Evil. Not yet. Not yet. But I think that's part. I don't think it's going to get delayed, man, because Capcom sat on that till like fucking the end of December almost, till they said anything about it. Um, it's too close. I feel like if they delayed it, it would actually piss people off at this point. (laughs) Um, I made. What are you gonna say? I made a joke. I was like, "Oh, Capcom's not going to delay because they'll just re-release it and make it like Resident Evil Three Super." Resident or something. Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. But uh, uh, I kind of wanted to play Final Fantasy VII. It, it didn't get bumped back that far from no, where, where I was expecting. It just it bumped it off of my birthday. Those scumbags. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, the Avenger game is delayed too, by the way. Yeah, I was wanting to get that, but now it's all the way to like September. And I was like, well, okay, I mean... There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out in September. Yeah. Uh, Doom got was originally going to come out in November, but it didn't get bumped back again, thankfully. And I'm like, all right, good. It's still there. Mm-hmm. still in March. And um, other, other, than that, other than that, no, nothing else got moved. So I'm okay with it. I'm also not really – I don't get real bent out of shape about delays uh, just because, fuck, if you're a Blizzard fan – you have, you'd have to deal the whole time with soon. 
coming out? No, that's on <laughs> that's on indefinite hold. Uh, but there's Blizzard trademarked soon, and it was just like, okay, guys, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm I'm happy Cyberpunk got delayed because that was pretty much the next game I'm gonna be deep diving in. I'm not super hyped about that game. I don't mean like I, I have like a negative outlook or anything. It's just I have not been captivated by it. I'm a big cyber like cyberpunk, not like the you know the board game, but I'm a big into like the genre and the setting and all that stuff. I'm super into the genre, and I am into the source material, the actual paper paper and pencil RPG roots that it's from. So. Hmm. And it's from CD Projekt Red, so it's going to be a good game. Yeah, it's in good hands. Mm-hmm. All right, so who put Oscar in on tier? Oh, it was me. I mean, we, we started to talk about it in uh, the Big Trouble Plus when we were talking about 1917, and I was like, oh, let's not talk about it here. I figured eh, maybe we could discuss Best Picture or something. I don't know. I mean, if you guys would rather wait and just talk about who wins, that's fine. I mean, I, I am always saying, I fucking hate industry award shows. They're a sham. But eh, sometimes it's it's interesting to be like, oh, I didn't see this movie. Maybe it's good. Maybe I should see it. I'm I'm interested in Joker getting into the Best Picture nominee. Yeah, I don't know if it deserves Best Picture, but I think Walking Phoenix getting all these Best Actor accolades is deserved. Mm-hmm. Because he got it at the Screen Actors Guild Awards and he got it at the Golden Globes. So I, I get it. Like his performance in Joker was outstanding. Um, movie of the year, eh, maybe. I don't know. Like if it got it, I would just kind of be disappointed. I wouldn't be like, yeah, this is bullshit. You know? I do want to see Jojo Rabbit because all I've been hearing is <laughs> this is going to sound, especially in this uh, political climate. They make Hitler so lovable in this movie, I've been hearing. I mean, that's the joke. And and it became like a meta joke because in the advertising, they had to be like, this movie isn't glorifying Hitler or the Nazi party. This movie isn't – it's a satire. They like they put it on the movie poster in most theaters that it's a satire. And if you have to label a satire, that's – I feel like that's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't be the only one who thinks that, or am I going crazy? And, th- and that's hilarious, because clearly it's making fun of Hitler, but they still had to be like, look, guys, we're, we're making fun of Hitler. We're not trying to say Hitler's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I, I, is, uh Andy, you've seen The Irishman, right? Yeah. Do you think it's Best Picture worthy? Um, I think it makes sense that it was nominated, but... I don't know. Again, I feel the same way about it as I do Joker. Like, if it won, I would be like, oh, okay. And honestly, if it won, there would be one really good plus, and that would be I want to see more of this release scheme where they put stuff in theaters and then put it on Netflix, like, a couple weeks later. I love that. I want to see more of that. There's still movies I want to go to the theaters to see. Comic book movies, war movies, um, sci-fi movies, space movies. Um, but stuff like dramas, no, I'll wait for Netflix, bro. Yeah, I, I want to see Marriage Story, which is on Netflix, by the way. Yeah, it's on my watch list, and I've almost watched it so many times recently. I, I, it, I'm a big Adam Driver fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at actor in leading role as Antonio Bandadas, 
Leonardo DiCaprio, Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, and Jonathan Price. Uh, interesting. It's, what do you think could win Best Picture? Um, I feel like I feel like even though I haven't seen this movie yet, I've been hearing a lot of rumblings that Parasite was good. I think Parasite might win it. Parasite is my choice for it, but they'll never choose Parasite. I, I don't think I don't think the Academy is going to choose a foreign language film to get Best Picture. I really don't. Even though, like, if you took that out of it, if you took the fact that it's a foreign language movie out of it, I think it's better than all those other movies. Mm-hmm. But I, whatever. That's that's my opinion, and that's that's what this boils down to. Is even if something gets Best Picture, Picture of the Year from the Academy, uh, that's their opinion, man. So. Eh. And it's like a it's like a bunch of old, like completely out of touch, white guys, right? I don't want to sound like one of those people, but they mostly are, right? Or am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, you are right. And it, you know, me looking at Jojo Rabbit being a nominee, I told I can't see Jojo Rabbit winning because of the political climate, because they had to put it's a satire. We don't glorify Nazis, <laughs> so like. It kind of like process of elimination is playing here because I I don't see Joker winning because even though it's not a comic book movie, it still is a comic book character. I mean, it's it is a comic book movie. I'm not, it's not a superhero movie, is what I'm trying to say. I could see, I could kind of see Joker getting it because I think. The Academy's sick and tired of people writing all these think pieces and coming after it about why won't they just choose a comic movie? Why didn't Black Panther get it? Why didn't Avengers get it? So maybe they'll do it as like a look, we did it kind of thing. And if they were going to choose one, it would be Joker. Mm-hmm. And I've been hearing rumblings of like Quentin Tarantino like <laughs> getting backlash on whatever he fucking said. Uh... Yeah, that sounds like him. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he's ever had an interview where he didn't say something where people were like, "Ah, oh, fucking dirty, that what a dick." Mm-hmm. What did he say? I think it was something racist or something like that. Really? Mm-hmm. The guy who wrote the script for Django and Chain said something racist. <laughs> and said, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think it was sexist, actually, wasn't it? It was something along that line. It's so. When when sexist is said, racist is right behind it. So, I never seen Little Women. I have a feeling because <laughs> this is I feel bad. like they wanted to have a, a female directed film in the list. I haven't seen it either. I heard it was good. It's directed by uh, what's her name, Greta Gerwig or something like that. Mm-hmm. She directed Lady Bird. That movie was extremely good. So maybe Little Women's good. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't seen it. Uh, I would like to see. Like I said, I would like to see Parasite win it. Then my second uh, would like to see 1917 win it. That would be cool. Like I said in our in our plus episode, I don't think it would, but that'd be neat. That'd be cool. I'd go with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, there's nothing really else to talk about. Animated films, Toy Story 4, I think is going to take it, or maybe Klaus. Uh, costume design. I mean, we don't have to talk about every single one. It's just uh, best picture is always something. What are the best uh, uh, director nominees? What's going on there? 
you get to it. Uh, acting role. Oh, did I, why did they put the directors near the bottom? That makes no sense. Directing. Because that's that's the way it is in uh, in opening credits, right? I don't know. That's a guess. Yeah. I have no idea. That's why. Uh, best directing. Uh, Martin Scorsese in The Irishman. Uh, Maybe. Todd Phillips, Joker. Sam, mm. Men- Sam Mendes, 1917. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I'm probably going to fuck this up, but Bong Joon-hoi in Parasite. I think it's Hoon at the end, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Again, with that, I think it might just go to Martin Scorsese. Maybe. Uh, Irishman has a lot of... um, I don't know. I only saw it the once. But... I feel like a lot of the directing in it is just really... That's not fair. I don't know. A lot of it is just to get where we need to go in that movie. But I think that's just what that movie is. I I don't know. All right. I, I think I'm just frustrated that it wasn't as good as Goodfellas. <laughs> Honestly, of those, I'd probably give it to Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Zach, I don't know how you would feel with this, and Andy, I don't even know if you, how you would feel. You'd probably be like, this is stupid, I don't want to do it. But uh, a Big Trouble Little Podcast Plus, right before the Oscars, do you do you want to do prediction picks at all? No, I'd rather, if we were going to do a plus, I'd rather do it in reaction to the Oscars, even though I despise them. Okay, so we'll do a uh, plus after the Oscars or something. All right. let's, try to, let's try to see if, if we have access to them. Let's try to see more of the movies that were nominated. My uh, my copy of Lighthouse came today, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, Ooh, yes. I want to rewatch Lighthouse again. That's a good movie. I got a, Amazon had Amazon already had the best price on it, but they had also had like a click here to save an additional two dollars and nine cents. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> I got it. All right. Well, I'm. Uh, until that note, I guess, I think we'll end the episode here. Remember to watch The Fly with Gina Davis in it and come back here and we'll talk about it. But if you want to catch more of Big Trouble Podcast or Big Trouble Podcast Plus or get some color or eventually when we do the Nemesis Project, which uh, this this week is going to be fucking crowded with getting some color stuff with hard times fucking royal rumble and then nxt takeover not to mention our episode tomorrow or uh thursday excuse me we changed days yeah thursday we're doing uh royal rumble 1992 so keep an eye on that uh but we're also on spotify itunes and iHeartRadio. but uh yeah that's all the plugging i'm go- i'm gone I'm out of here. Later. Uh, Thanks for listening. Yeah. Get out of here.